Hello and welcome to Recruiting in Hospitality from Caterer.com. I'm Lancelot Narayan and in each programme we invite top names from the world of the hospitality industry to talk about matters that affect you. So recruitment, development, retention and other matters that come up that affect you and your teams. Very special guest today. As always, they're all special, aren't they? Don't want to single anybody out. Um, <laughs> I've known him for a long time now, too too long, actually, not too long, longer than I'd like to admit, but anyway, anyway, um, like to say hello, he used to be at um, Umbrella Training, which you all know, a brilliant organisation, he's got a great background in, in skills and development, um, and now he's the head of, head of development, head of professional development at the <laughs> Institute of Hospitality, see? I just asked him as well. I said, Am I, have I got this right? I still, anyway, anyway, could you please say hello to Sam Coolstock? Hello, good afternoon, Lance. Nice to see you again. You too, you too, Sam. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, we're going to be talking about um, learning and development and the importance of it, especially in hospitality. Um, I was watching uh, the other night, is it last night, the night before, I was watching um, that series on ITV, The Savoy. It's a prime time program. Nine it goes out nine o'clock on uh, on a major channel, and there a big part of it running through the whole series actually is they're talking about skill shortage in hospitality. Um, so it's front and centre. Um, it's always been an issue uh, as far back as I can remember in the hospitality industry. Um, Things arguably things are, you know, worse now than they've ever been, not to be a harbinger of doom. But Sam, let me start by asking you, how exactly has um, the hospitality skill shortage deepened since COVID and Brexit? Yeah, I, mean, I think we all can feel it, right? Whether we're a uh customer or whether we're in the the service of, of of delivering excellence in hospitality i think we can all we can all feel it and i think it's not more it goes deeper than just more feeling it i think that the, the the pressure on the leadership teams the pressure on the staff that's remaining is there but yesterday i was at um, an apprenticeship conference in london and around the table of who we was talking to were representatives of their their hair and beauty industry, there are representatives of construction, of museums, and guess what? They're all suffering skill shortages. So I don't actually know whether we've got a skill shortage or whether it's more a labour shortage and a labour market shortage of people actually to do the jobs. And I think, you know, we can put a lot of emphasis on Brexit and COVID and people going home and not returning. All of that is absolutely true. Um, but I think we're also quite good in this industry of hitting ourselves over the head um, sure, ourselves and saying, you know, we're really bad at this. We're, we're not doing very well. Um, but actually, when we compare ourselves to what's going on out there, then, um, you know, we're in this storm with every other UK PLC business out there. So it, it, it has deepened. It has got worse. We have always had this recruitment problem the perception problem you know I spent 13 years at Springboard 
um, <laughs> working day and night trying to change perceptions of, of hospitality in schools, colleges, universities, you know, some great programs there to actually do something to, to help. Um, so I don't think it's, 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 it's anything new. I just think we can feel it a little bit more at the moment and I think we're a little bit more aware of it that's going on out there. Okay, all right, good. Looking at the candidates who are left, yeah, people, you know, people who um, are, are are still here, um, and you know, people who who want to work in in hospitality. Mm. Do you think the mindset of candidates has changed? Is that is that an issue? I think so. You know, when I first started in hospitality, you know, we can all think back, you know, doing a breakfast split shift in the kitchen when you're 17, 18 was almost like a badge of honour. Um, you know, you know, that was, you know, the thing to do. You was you was doing that. I'd done back to the floor um, earlier in this year and it nearly, oh, yeah. nearly killed me, to be honest. Um, a, I was recovering from COVID and, and B, I was absolutely knackered walking around all night. Um, well, absolutely, you know, last man standing and all of that. Um, but um, but I, I do think the mindset has changed for people that are coming into the industry. You're definitely right. You know, when we look at Generation Alpha, Generation Z, you know, what they're looking for from employers has completely changed. Um, they are expecting that, life to, that lifestyle balance. And that's really difficult, I think, for hiring managers um, to get their heads around, you know, because... You know, quite often they're my age, they've been there, done that, they've done the breakfast split shifts and they've done, you know, 12 days on and one afternoon off and, and all of that great stuff that you've done when you were younger. Young people aren't, don't want to do that anymore, and rightly so. That's not the way the world of work should be. So I do think there is a bit of a shift change in, in employers understanding that, definitely, but there is a, a bulk of the industry that's still a bit stuck in the old ways of thinking where you know it's okay to offer you know if i'm recruiting for a position and it's 40 hours a week why can't i take two people on at 20 hours a week one person does 20 hours another person does another 20 hours and then and then you feel the 40 hour shift that you need to be covered and i think you know it, it's a bit more forward thinking it's been having to be a bit more creative there's a lot more than just the hours right so um when you're there um, and and as, as my good friend John Reed said this to me a long time ago, he said, me in this industry are absolutely fascinated about giving everybody a career, giving everybody a job, um, giving everybody an absolute brilliant career path. And we're so focused on that, which is absolutely right. What I think we've done is we've almost forgotten to give people a really good job to do when they're with us, you know, and absolutely praise them and and make them feel like rock stars. The minute when they walk through that door, you know, there's some rah-rah, some, some, some feel-good atmosphere when, when you walk through that, that, that door um, and make the shift and the work that you're doing and the colleagues really good fun because if we get that bit right, guess what? The career will, will then come. You know, and we all fell in love with hospitality because the job that we was doing, whether you was in the kitchen, in the bar, in housekeeping, whatever part of the industry you was in, you absolutely loved that part of it. Um, and, and that's what the buzz and the excitement was really good. But you're saying and I think the, the industry has kind of forgotten that a little bit and gone, 
yeah. you know, oh, we need to plan easy. out people's career paths. I mean, yes, we do, but let's make that job bit really good as well. And, and I mean, if we do that, then that will go some way towards helping us retain and attract talent. Because you know what, if somebody comes into work and you're at college and you're having a really good time, you're going to tell your mates at college or at oh, uni or right. at your school or wherever you are, look, I'm earning, you know, £10 an hour, I'm earning tips, I'm earning this, you know, yeah. we had a really good fun, we went out to the club afterwards and do what young people do, I don't know these days, but, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing, um, you know, my life evolves around um, YouTube and TikTok and stuff with my little girl, yeah, but, you know, me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, but, but, but that goodness of the industry will spread, um, and I, I just think we need to go back to a little bit to uh, back to basics to make this industry a fabulous place um, to work. Yeah, so, so you, you've got to, I mean, because young people are thinking about their careers, they're thinking about where they want to be in five years. Um, so you're saying, you know, make that, make them want to stay by making yeah. those jobs yeah. attractive, yeah. make them. Yeah. Absolutely, and make them, you know, that they're managers who they work for. You know, people work for people, we know that. Um, you know, and let's empower those managers. Let's work with those managers to make sure the job's really good fun. You know, what, what makes them come to work and get them up and do the, do the jobs? And, you know, it's a bit like having a, having a candle, isn't it? You know, let's be consistent with this all the time. You know, we'll celebrate the highs, we'll, 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 we'll learn from the lows and the bad days, but... Let's keep that candle flickering constantly at the, at the same space. So we, we, you know, we don't go fireworks one night and then you burn out the next night. You know, let's let's keep it consistent and 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 complete all the way through. Why, why do you? What I mean, I know it might it might seem like an obvious question, but what? Why do you think that learning and development, especially in the last few years, has become so important to uh, younger people? Well, I, I think, you know, every day is a school day, yeah, so, you know, um, we're always learning and we're always um, having that development in one way or another, you know, so whether that's formal academic um, pathways you're doing, whether that's an apprenticeship or whether that's an informal yeah. professional development um, activity that you've un undertaken. And I think it's recognising all of those areas of, of learning and development and, you know, young people are, and, and not just young people, but I think anybody entering the industry or entering a job wants to have development, will need that development, you know, whether that's learning the very basics of the job right through to learning the most complex part of your job and your industry and your career. Um, but to have that development is really, really important. And people crave that as well. You know, they, they will look at employers and say, you know, if I go to A or B employer, because it's the candidate's choice at the moment, they can choose where they want to go, right? So, you know, if you can, if you can show a really good development and learning and development structure, then you've, you've really got an opportunity to, to attract and retain that talent, because that is so much cheaper than just keep finding and replacing staff. Um, that, you know, find them and re retain them is, it is so important and and we know that young people want that want that development we know they 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 want that um learning opportunities so yeah it's it's really important for employers to to grasp that 
And it's not just down to L&D departments in businesses. You know, SMEs don't have that big resource of a HR department quite often or a, a, a training um, a trainer within their business. So you know, using external expertise and resources, training providers, you know, your professional bodies to be able to use their materials and their resources and their expertise to deliver training right across your business is so worth it. And lots of that is either free or very low cost to access. Um, you know, so you, you haven't got to invest in tons and tons of because quite often people no. look at training and learning and development and go, that equals a lot of money, I'm not going to do it, because you know that costs a lot of money. Um, and when money's tight and margins are being squeezed and squeezed and you know products are going up, the cost of fuel's going up and all that, are, those margins are getting squeezed. To add in training on top of that, and is it actually necessary training? You know, I'm not going to do it because I can't afford it. Well, actually, there's a lot of out, lot of stuff out there that you can embed that that that, that won't cost you a penny, but will really add value to your um, offering, especially if you're an SME. You know, it, it, there's so much resources and support out there for them, them organisations. So, so, okay, all right, that that's a, that's a really good point you've you've raised there because um, it is important across the board, no matter the size of your uh, business. So the apprenticeship levy yeah. has really changed the landscape for employers. Through that, what training opportunities have presented themselves? Um, what's opened up since its introduction? Well, I mean, apprenticeships have gone for a sea change um, of the way they were operated to the way they're operated now. So it's a bit like driving from the left-hand side of the road to the right-hand side of the road overnight. And the way really it was all funded also changed. So the power is definitely much within the employer's remit now. You know, the employers have the funds um, and they decide what they're going to spend their apprenticeship levies on. So it, it, it's, made, um, it's made the whole system a lot more transparent, I think. It's made it a lot more... Um, accessible for employers to look for um, training programs that are suitable to meet their skills needs. Um, so the opportunities are endless really. I mean um, you've obviously got your traditional hospitality um, team member, your level two, your entry levels of all your specialisms in that supervisor, manager, you know your operation departmental manager, you can go from level two to level five you know, all the way through front of house. And similarly in the kitchen as well, you've got your common chef, chef de party, senior culinary chef routes, you know, you've got those. But what I also think has, has been quite interesting is um, the development of things like learning and development standards, you know, practitioner and consultant. So, you know, you can be a, um, a restaurant manager now and have a learning development, being learning development practitioner apprenticeship. You know, so you are practicing what you're preaching, oh, you're training your your own employees, your you know, and you're giving them structured training, and that's I think a brilliant um, thing for our industry because you know how many times do we talk to managers in the industry and they go, I just want to give back, I want to do something, but I don't know how to do it. Um, that that apprenticeship is a really good way of you know becoming a learning development practitioner is a great way to 
to be able to embed and and, and breed culture of learning in amongst your organisation. So I think it's given us a lot more opportunities. I think it's given I think it's given SMEs a lot of opportunities as well. I mean, there's about two billion pounds, according to the Financial Times, two billion pounds worth of unspent levy funds out there, um, which is you know. Um, we're at the, in, at the institute. We we're a small business. We're classed as an SME. So no, one of the first things we done when we arrived here was we employed two apprentices, right? So and that at the time we done that there was an incentive payment. So we got two thousand pounds per apprentice um, just for employing them, which was great. So if you're a small business, you know that's two grand on your bottom line for just recruiting somebody. Um, I mean, it doesn't happen in any other job vacancy right you don't get normally it's the other way around you know you're paying to paying two thousand pounds for caterer.com for an advert right <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe not two thousand pounds but you know what i mean <laughs> um but you know it costs you to advertise this way you know you're the government are paying you to take on learners and take on people into your business so we got paid the training is all free um because we teamed up with a large employer who has unspent levy and they're, they're, they're funding our training for our two apprentices. So it's a win-win all round. There's no downside. And we have seen firsthand the development, the growth, the confidence, those soft skills, which aren't written anywhere on a piece of paper that you can't um, quantify really. But we've seen that in our two apprentices. They've grown, they've embedded into the business. You know, it's very natural. We have a morning meeting where they say, you know, this is what I'm doing on my apprenticeship today. You know, I might need some help on this. You know, and the whole team are now starting to support these these two young people on the program. And it's just um, a win all round. And um, I think what puts small businesses off of taking apprentices is the perception of what an apprenticeship is. Um, you know, you think it's just young people. Both our apprentices are mature learners. You know, they're not young out of school. They're, they're, they're both more mature than that. And they've got life experiences outside of the, the sector that they're working in now. So they're able to bring that in. Um, and the, the training's high quality. The, the, the feedback's been good. So, you know, I think if you're looking at a recruitment strategy and you're looking at a retention strategy, um, apprenticeships have to be in that mix, whether you're a large business or a small business. Um, it's so, so, such a such a key tool that we should all be using. It should be the first thing we go to in our toolbox when we've got a vacancy. Can we use an apprenticeship route somehow here? Yeah, I mean, you've stressed here brilliantly, I mean, how important this is, but it's about making, especially SMEs, like you said, to understand the importance of that. How do you think employers can incorporate learning and development into their culture and make it part of the fibre of, of what they are? I believe culture is bred from the top um, of, in, in any business. So, um, you know, a culture of fear and non-learning will come from the top. So it's really important that we provide opportunities at sea level for learning and development to happen. So, you know, if you're looking at apprenticeships, level seven, a degree, a degree apprenticeships are great. Um, 
but also other elements of professional development at level C for for those leaders in business. You know, they need to be developed with what's going on. Um, okay. And also, um, once you've got that level engaged in learning development and they understand the importance of it, and that's something that I'm really passionate on about at the... Is he there? Oh, yeah, sorry, you froze there, <laughs> sorry. So, um, okay. so yeah, what I, was, what I was saying is that it's really important, I think, that we breed that culture of learning from the top, and that's something that we're quite passionate about at the Institute, is providing professional development and learning opportunities across the level of um, of membership and of across levels of within the industry. And, you know, we wouldn't go to our GP or the solicitors or any professional um, services we need to engage with if we, the, the professional we was meeting with wasn't up to date with the latest um, practices in their, in their specialist area, right? So, you know, you wouldn't go to a doctor who's not been had development for the last 10 years. You'd expect them to be kept up with their development. And exactly the same should be for in our, in our sector that our leaders need to be kept up with their own development. So we're really keen on providing that C-level professional development. That then, in, that then breeds the culture, um, you know, and, in, and, and is an example to the rest of the business. You know, if, if your CEO, your leader is undergoing, is undergoing training, you know, they're aware of their weaknesses and their pitfalls, that they are doing something about it. Um, then, then that then breeds down right across the business, right from, you know, the entry level positions right up to senior level positions, and um, that's how I think you embed a, a culture of learning and development in there, and it should then just become second nature to your business. You know, so 20% of your working week is is dedicated to your self development. That should be a given in any any business, and. Um, you know, and whether that's attending a webinar, whether that's listening to a podcast, whether that's going to an exhibition, or whether that's attending a formal training program, you know, we can all learn every day, you know. Um, and, and learning is so accessible now, Lance. You know, I was on the train into London today listening to podcasts and learning in that dead time that you've got when you're traveling. You know, and I learn a lot from listening to podcasts. I'm not a great reader of books, but I like to listen to books, um, you know, audio books. You know, so there's lots of ways you can learn and engage with um, learning. It doesn't have to be formal. And I think people who want to learn, people like us, um, will go and seek it um, and find it and, you know, go down rabbit holes on subjects if you, that's not your natural place um, to be, then a prompt from the culture within the, in, the business will, will help to embed that. So I think, you know, I, sometimes, you know, L&D departments are the first departments to say, you need to cut costs, you need to cut costs. Um, and actually, they should be the first department to be ring-fenced and say, no costs are being cut in L&D because, you know, that's where the innovation comes from. Okay. That's the growth. That's the ideas that will come from L&D activity. Might not necessarily be somebody in that department, but from that 
activity that goes on, um, that's where ideas and growth will come from by allowing that safe place for that activity to go on. So, yeah, I'm really passionate, as you can probably tell about, you know, <laughs> how we grow people, how we embed that into cultures is, is I think, so, so important to our industry. And then when we go back to programmes like the Savoy and the, we go back to the first question about skills gaps, we won't have a skills gap because, you know, we'll be training people up well enough in our businesses that they won't want to leave. Um, and they will, they, you know, they'll be good enough to leave, but they won't want to leave because the culture is so right within the business. So, um, you know, we need to really retain that talent we've got and not lose it. Um, and it's not just a matter of throwing money at it. It's, it's a cultural thing within, within organisations. I firmly believe that. That's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, uh, Sam. Yeah. You've answered all, all the rest of my questions as well. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I wanted to touch on how important it is to, you know, to retain uh, uh, talent and, and, and why it's important to maintain you know, a strong uh, pipeline uh, of talent. Because it, it, L&D fixes both of those things, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 72% of businesses are telling and there's a study done by the Open University recently and their business barometer and 72% um, of businesses are saying they're feeling the impact of skill shortages within their own businesses um, and 78% of reduced impact, uh, reduced output, what they're doing. So, you know, it's having an effect. Um, so, you know, it, it, and that's not just hospitality, that's across UK PLC. So in hospitality, we if we want to retain that talent, we need to be the best of the best of what we're doing. Um, and we, we, we're very good um, at playing lip service to that. So we're very good at saying, oh, yes, we, we will do this and we will do that um, and we'll sign this and we'll sign up to that and then actually don't deliver on it because, you know, when it comes down to it, we should start. Um, but, so we need to really if we're going to do stuff, commit to it and follow through on it. And um, that's how we'll make, make, make change. And, you know, I think I'm rather a half glass full type of guy rather than half glass empty. So I think, you know, I, I do think things are getting better. I see employment practices changing. You know, we're talking to members all the time about thing about their businesses, how they're finding recruitment and staffing, and it is getting better from what, what we're hearing. Um, and I think we're in a really good place, our industry, to attract talent, um, you know, constantly on the telly, you know, the Savoy programme is one example, but if you switched on BBC Two right now, it would probably be the tennis, but normally on a, on a weekday, you know, there's probably some cookery show going on, right? So we are in the living rooms of families day in, day out. Um, you know, Saturday morning on both the main channels, you've got food programmes there constantly. And what I think we need to be trying to do in on those food programmes is, let's just talk about how that chef got to be there. Let's talk about the journey that they went on and, and, and why they enjoyed that industry. Yeah, it's very good to hear about the dish they're cooking and the provenance of the food and all of that is also so, so important. But it'd be nice to hear a little bit more of the career of, of that chef and how they got there and, and, and that sort of career pathway because that's how we'll break down barriers. But I got into hospitality because I was watching Ready, Steady, Cook with 
and Brian Turner on my on my lunch breaks at school um, uh, after school because I love I loved it and that's a well, I want to be like Brian Turner one day and and watch Freddie said he could I have no idea how to do it but um but but that's how you know that's how people engage with yeah. um, our industry and you know, especially young people it's through that medium media um, outlet really and probably it's not television anymore we probably need to be on gaming platforms and um, wherever young people hang out these days um, but you, you get what I'm saying you know we, we need to be talking about careers more at every level and every opportunity we've got um, but we are such a good industry and we need to be proud of that and not be ashamed of that either when we're talking to people about where we work or where you work in hospitality you know um you know we work in hospitality and i'm really proud of that and you know if you are a member of the institute you know you're part of a professional body you're professionally recognized through your experience and your qualification you have post nominals after your name i mean that is something to be highly proud of and then when i became a fellow at the institute that was like a highlight of my career because i had actually you know, a dyslexic kid from Bexley, from a council estate, you know, has actually become a fellow of an institute. Wow, that's pretty, pretty spectacular. And I'm proud of that. And I've never, never not stopped being proud of saying that to people. And I think I, when I hear people go, oh, yeah, I work in a hotel, it's all right. No, you know, you know. <laughs> so anyway, you know, we, we hear horror stories from other sectors as well. You know, my my wife works my wife, my wife works in retail. It's horrendous. You know, I've done some retail work over the pandemic. It was horrendous. You know, and our industry is actually heads and shoulders above yeah, other other sectors out there. And you know, we should be proud of that that we actually are a people business. We look after our people on the whole. Um, and you know, we we we. We shouldn't, shouldn't beat ourselves up about that either. Sam, I've got to say, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. I mean, you've just, <laughs> your enthusiasm and, and just you bang on the money. So thank you so much, Sam, for talking to me today. You're very and I hope, welcome. You, know, you can come back uh, another day and we'll talk about something else because it's because I love having you on. It's been brilliant. Absolutely. No, very welcome. Thank you for asking me, Lance. And it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And if you've enjoyed the conversation today, be sure to subscribe to Recruiting and Hospitality. Um, we're on iTunes. We're on Podbean. Wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you, well, we're on YouTube as well now. So check us out on there too. Um, just hit that subscribe button. Um, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at caterer.com. That's caterer, D-O-T-C-O-M. Likewise on Instagram. Follow us on LinkedIn. We're now on Facebook. We're all over the place. So please be sure to join us next time on Recruiting and Hospitality. I've been Lancelot and Ryan. Thanks to Sam once again. It's been fantastic, mate. It really has. Um, and join us again next time. Thanks so much. Bye bye. <laughs>